Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Stephen Johnson covers TCU. The Frogs lost that opening game to Colorado. Then they have taken care of business against teams that you would think they should, against especially Nichols and then Houston. And then SMU, you don't know. You, you kind of wondered about that, but uh, TCU was very strong, winning 34-17. Steven, thanks for your time with Craig and Paul, and I'm David Smoke. It, it, do they have at least what you think is a little bit of that mojo back? Yeah, I think so, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Now, if you go back to the last three weeks, you know, keep in mind the competition, but they've only given up two offensive touchdowns over the last three games. And one of those came late in the fourth quarter when the game was pretty much already decided. So now you're starting to see the defense play like a defense that has seven or eight starters back from last year. And the offense isn't perfect yet, but, you know, they're still averaging close to 40 points per game. And they don't even feel like they've hit their stride yet. So it seems like this team is starting to play – uh, his best football at the right time, and it's kind of put that Colorado game behind them. How much was that Colorado game on – they didn't have any film on anything, really, and they got caught up – they were the victims of a moment? Um, I'm sure it was a big part of it. Uh, and, you know, and you talk to Sonny at times afterwards, and, you know, he acknowledges that, you know, in the offseason, instead of watching one team, they're watching 20, 25, 30 – However many teams, however many games they have to watch, and not, I, I think that was a challenge. But more or less, I mean, people would tell you they just didn't play well that day. They got to the red zone. They had two interceptions thrown into the red zone. Griffin Kell, normally uh, one of the best kickers in the Big 12, misses a field goal. And then, like we talked about, their experienced defense, over 20 missed tackles. Just, you know, as, as good as Shadur played that game, over half of his yards came. Uh, you know, after the catch, which is those to show you how explosive those receivers are and how bad of a job TC did tackling. So um, they definitely were a victim of the moment, but honestly, I think they, they're kind of kicking themselves more than, you know, thinking it was anything that necessarily Colorado did that night, that day, excuse me. 
Stephen, was there any extra like gasoline poured on the the fire of this rivalry because of the fact that you know it's been announced they're not going to play this after twenty twenty five? The fact that SMU is going to the ACC was there anything all that different from your experience? I know you haven't been covering you know the Iron Skillet for years and years at this point, but what kind of what was the festivities like? I thought it was a little bit more intense last year, and you know maybe you know SMU fans are a little bit more vocal on social media now, but. I thought last year, you know, when the game was over in uh, University Park or whatever, you know, the festivities, I think that was the biggest crowd in their history. I could feel that intensity last year. This year, you know, we're in the press box, and for a while it looked like it was going to be a kind of a sparse crowd, and there weren't a lot of SMU fans there either. So, uh, like I said, there was, a lot, there was a lot of talking on Twitter, but I didn't really see that translate to a big SMU presence or, you know, or it really intensified the game at all this year. Uh, when you look at Chandler Morris and what he's doing, is this kind of him showing a little bit about what he was going to be last year? I think so. And, I, and obviously for him, you know, before he got hurt, this would have been his fourth or fifth star going back last year. So now he's kind of getting some of that experience that he was supposed to get last year. And he has his up and down. You know, we've seen him kind of struggle with turnovers. But it seems like he's getting better and better each week. You're seeing what he can do with a dual threat. He's not the physical runner like Max was, but I think he's um, a little bit more agile. Uh, he's more willing to kind of put the, touch the ball down quicker and scramble with it. We've been seeing some of the touch. And like I said, he's getting really close. The entire offense, actually, they're going from really good to great. But I think Chandler's kind of showing why he won the quarterback job last year. But there's still room for growth. What do you think is the thing that's keeping the offense from hitting on all cylinders, even though they've done well? I just think it's execution, man. They're not great in the red zone just yet. Some of that, I don't know if it's play calling. I mean, there was one time they get down to the red zone. The first play call they called was the jet sweep to Savion Williams, who – Great athlete, but it's not necessarily a guy you think will probably be featured on a jet sweep. So, boom, you lose two or three yards, and now you're behind the chains, and, you know, you got to settle for a field goal. So, they have, they've been settling for a lot of field goals when they get to the red zone. Uh, before the last game, obviously, turnovers were issued. I think they had a red zone turnover in three straight games before, obviously, this past Saturday. So, I think right now it's just execution, you know, from both the coaching's uh, play calling perspective and also the players, man. There are still a couple times with Chandler, especially when he's trying to throw those seam routes kind of over the middle of the field, he just needs to take a little off of it. I think there were maybe one or two passes on Saturday where if he just, just used a little bit more place and overpower, we're probably talking about two more touchdowns as opposed to that game being kind of close in the fourth quarter. So I just think execution, and it should be expected. you got a bunch of new starters, a bunch of new pieces. So I think execution and chemistry is still an ongoing process, but they've still been looking good regardless of that. Speaking of that chemistry, Stephen, how have you seen some of those guys ha- start to sort of emerge and separate and find themselves, especially in that wide receiving core? Has there been anything noticeable uh, development-wise recently, like a Jalen Robertson or a J.P. Richardson guy starting to establish themselves a, a bit more these last couple games? Well, it looks like Jalen Robertson will be the kind of the starter to be the outside receiver spot along with Savion Williams. I think they were kind of deciding it's going to be Juan Thompson, it's going to be Dalen Wright. But he started the last two games at that spot, and he had a really strong first half against SMU as well, too. I think just his, his, his explosiveness, we know how fast he is. I think the staff wanted to guide in the lineup. 
that was kind of similar to Darius Davis. He kind of had that ability to kind of take the top off the defense. Mm-hmm. So it looks like he might he's beginning to separate himself. John Paul Richardson, I think, is still kind of having the best year, but he's not all the way healthy. I, I, uh, Sonny hasn't really elaborated on what exactly he's dealing with, but I think he's been the most productive receiver despite kind of dealing with some nicks and nacks that have kind of kept him from being 100%. Last thing, um, Steve. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was, no, I was going to go ahead. Um, TCU now at home against West Virginia. West Virginia's defense has carried them the early part of the year, and they had the nice win against Texas Tech. I don't know if they have been tested by another offense that can put up some points because Tech doesn't seem to be that right now. But your thoughts about what you've seen from West Virginia because they were a team picked to they finished last in the Big 12, and right now they're 3-1. and one. Oh, Well, they definitely uh, have performed above their preseason expectations and no, I'm sorry to the, sorry to the fans in Waco with the way Baylor's been looking. I think we have a new team that's kind of occupying their last five plays. Yep. But definitely the defense says they're, they're one of the best third-down defense in the country. So, no, teams are having a hard time sustaining drives against them. Like I said, it, it's been impressive to see what they've been doing on that side of the ball. They had, had Pittsburgh to six points, Texas Tech to 13. I know uh, the quarterback I heard. But still, anytime you can hold a power five team, under 20 points, it's a great day by your defense. But Penn State kind of had its way with them, and I know the Nittany Lions was really good, man. So the defense didn't really have much of an answer for them. So I think it's kind of a situation, are they as good as they looked the last two weeks? Maybe not. Were they as bad as they were in their first game against Penn State? Probably not. So I think they're somewhere in the middle where they're an above-average defense that has some strength, especially on third down. But if I'm still TCU, I'm going into this game with the expectation that we should be able to at least get around 30 points on this defense. And with the quarterback situation in West Virginia, I think if they can get 28 or above, they should kind of come out of Saturday with another win. And, Stephen, final thing on this, a little extra ammo or oomph for this game. Is it a blackout, correct, uh, this Saturday night at uh, the Carter? Yes, it is. It's a blackout, 7 p.m., primetime game. So, uh, TC has had some great attendance so far this week. So I'm expecting another great, great crowd on Saturday. Thank, thank you for the time, Stephen. As always, Stephen Johnson covers TCU for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.